I'm Ariel Azor, host of Right This Way, and today we're going to talk about what's going on in the feminist news. Now, when I say that, I mean specifically, I'm looking at feminist news stories. I don't want to talk about coronavirus. I don't think I can even think about it a second longer today. So I just want to focus on something different. We're going to just look at a couple news stories that I found just looking for you know, stupid things like what's going on in feminist news today and, and um, just that sort of thing. And we're just going to pick apart a couple of these stories and just talk about them. Hopefully you'll get a laugh out of it. And we can kind of revisit a point I have made several times. And actually my first video was all about why I'm not a feminist. So we're going to just go over a couple of those things today and revisit some of that. And again, yeah, hopefully we'll get some laughs out of this because this is this this was my favorite thing that I've ever researched. I think <laughs> the first story we're going to start with is one about high heels. Uh, the headline reads Bond star Eva Green says high heels are anti-feminist and make women look like birds on stilts. So, <laughs> I mean, the birds on stilts thing, I think is kind of funny. I, I'm not going to lie. I see it. I, I can see what she's saying there. Um, but not to mention high heels are a very societally accepted form of fashion. High heels have been accepted in our society and our culture for a very, very, very long time. And... So I think it's interesting that that's something she chooses to tear apart because I think we see over and over again, what do feminists like to get rid of? The past. Historically, where women have been oppressed, they feel the need to overcompensate and, and try to erase that oppression, which I mean... I don't want to use the word oppression because I feel like it's very strong, but I certainly think, you know, when women were not allowed to vote, I don't think that that's equality. I absolutely agree. But they see that issue, which has been solved now, and they think, well, what else was happening around that time? And, and what else do we still do as women that, that, you know, has links to our historical oppression? And, and, you know, like we're fighting for women by using history. And, and you're just, you're, it's just silly at this point. You're just picking apart every little detail. So speaking of feminists and the fact that despite what they say about masculinity and, you know, how toxic it is for us and for society they actually tend to look for men who are masculine and, and, you know, they don't like to realize that or admit that, but at the end of the day, it is, it is what happens. And so the next story is why women, including feminists, are still attracted to, in quotes, benevolent sexism. What? They've replaced, I mean, it's just, it's benevolent sexism. I mean, you know what it is, you know what they're saying, but you're trying to still say that masculinity is sexist and it's wrong, but there's a form we like of it because you cannot deny the fact that women, even feminists, like it says, are still attracted to that sort of man. Benevolent sexism. So again, uh, for men, this isn't really the 
this is this is confusing actually I think for men and women because you're saying you know obviously benevolent means like it's it's done in kindness it's just it's out of the kindness of your heart that you are doing this sexist thing and even though it's wrong it just melts women's hearts <laughs> what is it really wrong to open the door for somebody and that's the thing is it's like it's insulting that you've opened the door for me or offered to help me with my groceries because I can carry them. I certainly can carry the groceries in from my car, but if somebody's going to do it for me, I'm not going to call them sexist and say that that's ridiculous that they would offer. I'm going to say, sure, I'd love that. Thanks. Like any normal person. And at the end of the day, feminists, I think, struggle with this so much because that's the response they want to have. And, and their conditioned response, I think, is no, no, don't do that for me. I can do it. Are you, are you saying I can't do that for myself? And it is like, that was never the implication or intention, but they've been conditioned to think that way when somebody offers, uh, when a man offers to help them with something or to do something nice for them. And I think that's really unfortunate because I think you're confusing young men and young women in, you know, again, they're being conditioned to think this way when it's not their natural reaction. And, and then, you know, you're telling people who do still have that natural reaction. That's, you know, it's okay. It's your natural reaction. It's benevolent sexism though. It's, it's still sexism. So even though it seems good to you and it seems pure, it's not. And you know, that's what, that's what they're doing with this. And I just, it's crazy. And for our last story, of course, we'll talk about the Me Too movement. One of the greatest things to ever come from feminism. Well, you know, I say that sarcastically, of course. But uh, actually, it's not horrible for the 2020 election because of the recent Joe Biden allegations. So that's what this article is about. Uh, the headline reads, Democrats downplaying of the Biden allegations will damage hashtag Me Too. Uh, I think this is great because truthfully what we see from feminists typically is the response anytime a man is, is accused of any kind of sexual assault or um, sexual harassment is that all the feminists and, and what the Me Too movement is all about is believe women. Uh, you know, if this woman says something happened, then it happened. Um, that's, that is totally what the Me Too movement is focused on. The Hollywood Me Too movement, it, you know, with Harvey Weinstein is all these women saying, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, that happened to me. And it's like, you got to believe these women. You've got to believe them. And I'm not saying, you know, nothing happened to them, but there is a statute of limitations and the Me Too movement seems to feel there shouldn't be. Um, and I, you know, I, I know that's not necessarily something that the movement as a whole says or, you know, part of their philosophy, anything like that, but it seems to be the general consensus that, you know, it doesn't matter if you say me too, because somebody else was strong enough to bring this, you know, this incident to light and, and it gives you enough empowerment to bring the incident that happened to you to light, then you know what? You too. It's, it's, you know, it's empowering and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging women to speak up about something that happens to them, you know, in any situation, in a work situation, 
in a home situation, anything like that. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with telling young women and and all women to speak up and to say something and to say, you know, that's not okay. I'm not going to be treated this way. I'm not going to allow this to happen to myself again or to other women. Nothing wrong with that. But the Me Too movement, of course, like all feminism, it takes it a step too far. But with Joe Biden, it's, I mean, it has the Me Too movement completely and, and, you know, feminists, very divided, uh, Hollywood feminists especially, super divided over the issue. And it has them really halting the brakes on the Me Too movement. And I really like that this author actually is saying, you know, the Joe Biden allegations have killed Me Too. And of course, with the Kavanaugh allegations, obviously conservatives were like, oh no, that never happened. And now with the Biden allegations, conservatives are gonna be like, oh yeah, of course that happened. And that makes us just as bad as liberals for doing the opposite thing. You know, liberals work very quick to jump on Trump and they're super, super quick to defend Biden. And what I don't understand with that is with the Kavanaugh allegations, there was absolutely no proof. There was never a report filed. She never went to the police. She couldn't even remember who did it to her. She was super blackout drunk. She was at a party. She says he was there. He says he wasn't. And again, nothing happened at the time. There was no report filed. There was never any proof of it. Other people that were there, all they say is, you know, he's a good guy and he would never do this. And she says, yeah, he did it. He did it. But I can't remember because I was blackout drunk, but I'm sure it was him now, 40 years later. I didn't know at the time it was him, but 40 years later, I do. What? You know, that was the reason for people jumping to Kavanaugh's aid and saying that this was defamation of character. You know, this was not something he deserved. This was simply a politically motivated stunt to keep him from holding a political position that would put him in power to be very pro-life and, you know, to do a lot of things that are very anti-feminist and and against the feminist and Democrat agenda. Now, with Joe Biden, of course, there's the same motivation, uh, obviously, you know, flipped around, that conservatives don't want him in office and, and people don't want this coming to light. But the difference here in the actual case itself is that Tara Reid actually filed a report and she went to the police and and she said, you know, this happened to me. It was him. I was in his office. I worked for him. All of these things. And there was proof at the time. And then because he was somebody in, you know, a high political, high enough political position at the time, he didn't get in trouble for it. Nothing happened. But now that he's potentially going to be the leader of the country, she feels the need to bring it to light again to make the whole country aware of what happened. And again, it's, it's the he said, she said when there's no proof. But the difference here is there was a report filed at the time. The difference here, I mean, go look at my creepy Joe video a couple videos back. This man over and over and over again has been super weird and super creepy towards women, especially young women, like actual children that he like sniffs their hair and like kisses them like on the cheek, but like not really. And all kinds of weird stuff. And, and that's the huge difference here is that this isn't, of course it's politically motivated at in some extent, but there's actual substance to this case. There is actual depth to it that, that really was not seen in other cases that have been, you know, supposedly brought to light. So what this means for the Me Too movement is absolutely, as this author said, 
it's completely dead because it's the same people that support the Me Too movement so strongly that are saying, no, I know Joe. He's a good guy. He's a real good guy. He would never do that. But wait, don't you have to believe all women? And doesn't this woman have some extent of proof that a lot of other women that you choose to believe do not? And actually, I always pick on Rose McGowan, but I saw when the Joe Biden allegations came out, she was like super upset at the feminists or like the Me Too movement or both, I don't know. But she was super upset and she was saying, you guys shouldn't be supporting him. And you, you know, she actually was the only person I saw that is often, you know, making, taking a stand on these things that actually stuck to what she normally says and thinks and does. Um, so that was interesting. And then I think like Alyssa Milano, she was like the opposite. She was like, no, this is totally crazy. And I think that's who Rose McGowan actually was like calling out. And she was saying, how can you say, believe all women in one, um, in one instance. And then in the next say that that's not true just because you know, the guy and you want to defend him. So I actually thought that was really interesting. And again, that's why I super, totally love this article is because saying it's dead, it is dead. You're tearing it apart at the seams. You have actually effectively turned your two huge, not, you know, not the biggest feminists in the world, but you know, two huge Hollywood feminists who are super prevalent on Twitter and Instagram with all their feminist rantings and all of that. You've effectively turned them against each other and you've gotten down to the core of their argument and torn it in half because it never made sense. And now they're seeing that it doesn't make sense. And, and, um, I think that's a good thing. I think hopefully other people are going to see that that doesn't make any sense and, uh, be sort of upset about the political dealings. So I've got to just go to one more story really quickly, uh, because it's just too good to pass up. The title reads after the plague, Lauren Bukes's new book is about a world without men. I don't know why the feminists do this to themselves, right? You, you very blatantly imply that you do not like men uh, over and over and over again. And then you get mad at men for not also being feminists when the very core of feminism just completely attacks the very core of masculinity. Uh, and, and you get upset when, when people don't get behind you for your treatment of men. And, and you say, we want better treatment for, for women. So we're going to treat men this way, the way that we perceive to have been treated over the years. We're going to just treat men that way now in, in response, because that solves problems. I don't know. Uh, again, feminism just doesn't make sense to me. Every time you get to the core of an argument, you pull it apart so easily because there's no structure to it. It's, it's a backwards way of thinking and it's portrayed as a response to a historically backwards way of thinking towards women. When in reality, it's exactly the same thing, but towards men. Uh, and like, you know, like I said, over and over again, this is every single thing. I think it kind of comes down to that. It's you know, women have this problem because of men. It's not women's choices to be teachers and nurses and, and these things at all. It's, it's men who are oppressing them, who are forcing them to do these things. And when it gets down to it, I think the reason that, uh, we will never get all females behind feminism is because people see very easily through this, uh, and they see that, 
feminism does not create the kind of man they're looking for that they want their husbands to be that they want their sons to be it doesn't create that it doesn't nurture that it it you know destroys masculinity it calls it toxic and it and it says it's terrible and i think people see that there's a fine balance uh between toxic masculinity and just masculinity i mean i hate the word toxic masculinity i don't even want to say that's a thing um because i i think men that you know do inappropriate things and bad things to women are just not masculine at all. I think it's actually they're the kind of people that are created by feminist idea of the perfect man. If you enjoyed this episode, you can give me a thumbs up on YouTube. You can leave a review on Apple podcasts and you can also check out my Instagram at right.this.way.